Hello, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. From news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all of that information overload and choose what actually governs our lives? As we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Joe. <laughs> so glad we have this resource. Yeah, this resource. Did you here. see the uh, tattoos Bob Ball made us? I did. <laughs> I uh, there there. Uh, I have mine on my desk, and um, I think I've been wearing long sleeves actually during a lot of our recordings. My intention is next time I'm wearing short sleeves is to slap one of those babies right on there, so should, that our YouTube we viewers we should we should monetize. Mixed oh, messages. I like it, and all the proceeds go to feed my starving children. Hundred bucks a tattoo. All proceeds go to feed yeah, my children. I think children. that that, cert, that feeds something like 400 children. So oh, it's, not a, it's not a little, little See, thing. See, if you guys love children, you will buy our tattoos. That's, I mean, <laughs> it's a done deal. And it's a limited limited edition. Limit, mixed limited edition stick on tattoo. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying. And that concludes our episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, we got a, uh, a submitted question today. Uh, it, it's. Simply asked, but uh, there's a lot behind it. If someone asked us, how do I follow Jesus, what would I tell that person? It's a great question. So uh, I would need to ask another question to know exactly yeah. what this question is. Are you asking how someone accepts Christ as their Savior, or how do I follow Jesus once I have done that? You know what? For sake of the episode, let's assume first that uh, this is someone saying, like, I think I want what Jesus has. How do I go about that? How, okay. do, I fo- how do I start to follow Jesus? So what I would, what I would do is I would first uh, do a little bit of explaining. I wouldn't do it like I'm about ready to do it, but I'd hit these categories. And the number one thing I would ask is, I, I, I would say, do you want to follow Jesus? Mm-hmm. So following Jesus is what Jesus calls us to do. He does not call us to add Jesus, and he does not call us to glean the benefits of Jesus. Mm. So if I want to follow Jesus, just to be clear, is how I would say to someone, what you're saying is the primary authority in my life is going to be Jesus speaking through his word. Is that what you're thinking about? And if they said some version of yes, then I would say to follow Jesus. All you have to do is agree with what God says about you and agree with what God says about himself. Hmm. So what he says about you is that you are a sinner, you do wrong things, and you do those wrong things on purpose, and you do those wrong things even when you don't mean to. And what he says about himself is that he is the one who can forgive you for those wrong things, um, because God's standard is not goodness, it's perfection. We can't be perfect, so Jesus has to be perfect for us. So that's why he came to earth. He lived on the earth so that we could understand his love for us and our, our need for him. He gave his life on the cross for our sins. And um, when he did that, he created, think of it as like a reservoir of forgiveness so that if I turn from my sins, the Bible word is repent. Mm-hmm. If I turn around from my sins... I quit walking away from God and start walking with God. 
uh, that he'll, he'll be faithful and just to forgive me of my sins, is what the Bible says. So when I confess with my mouth, I'm like, Jesus is God. He's the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to salvation except through him. I am a sinner, which makes me unworthy of God. Jesus is willing to forgive me for my sin, and that's by grace through faith. I don't earn it. It's given to me. When I do that, I will be saved, the Bible says, and that's how I, that's how I be, become someone who starts to follow Christ. Yeah. I love, um, I love that question, how do I follow Jesus, because it's, it's one of the, A, it's the clearest thing, like you said, that Jesus asks us to do. But it also, um, I think it's so grace-filled in and of itself. It's not, well, come come up to where I'm at. It's not, well, figure these things out, and when you kind of figure them out, we can talk. It's Jesus just saying right where you're at, okay, well, come follow me instead. Yeah, I'll bring you to life. There's a great there's a great illustration of this I I heard years ago, and so uh, just kind of get this picture in your head. Imagine that you're at the bottom of a set of steps, say there's 20 steps, and God is at the top of it. And God is saying, um, I want you to come up here and join me, but you can't touch the walls, you can't touch the railing, and you can't touch the steps. How would you get up there? The only way for you to get up there is for God to come down and carry you up. Hmm. So salvation is is about what God does for us. It's not about what we do for God. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Apostle Paul is so clear. It's by grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor or gra- uh, Jesus loving you just because he chose to love you. Mm-hmm. So it's by grace you're saved through faith. I believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and I am who he says I am. He's God. I'm a sinner. Salvation by grace through faith. It's a gift I can't walk up the steps. I have to be carried up it so that nobody can boast. There's nothing I did to earn my salvation. And so that's what causes us to, that's like the foundation of our love for Christ. He did something he didn't have to do because he loved us and wanted to give us something that we couldn't earn. And um, that is the core of, of the beginning of the gospel. Mm-hmm. The rest of the gospel is us living in that new relationship. So the Bible uses all these metaphors and word pictures. Um, The Bible says we move from darkness to light when we receive salvation. We move from being spiritually dead to being reborn and spiritually alive. And so that's important because dead people can't do anything for themselves. It has to be done for them. And alive people don't live like dead people. So the Christian life, or following Christ then from mm-hmm. salvation forward, is has nothing to do with earning or keeping our salvation. It has everything to do uh, with living in the salvation that we've been given. Mm-hmm. And when you, if you can get your head around that, it's kind of hard, I think, to yeah. at least it was for me, to get your head around. But if you can get your head around that, Everything in the Christian life then becomes liberating, it becomes loving, it becomes something that sets us free. The non-liberating, non-loving, imprisoning picture of the Christian life would all be tied to earning your salvation. 
So I have to quit smoking, drinking, chewing, date girls who do. I got to go to church. I got to give money. I can't blah, blah, I'm not allowed to. That's all you rooted in the idea that you earn your salvation. Mm -hmm. The I get to do what God does. I get to participate in what God participate. I get invited to. That's me living in the salvation that was gifted to me, and it's a, it's a massive difference the way we approach our relationship with God. It's huge. Um, I was just today talking about how um, you know the right actions don't always prove relational intent, hmm. and so um, you know my I know a few key things that my wife enjoys and likes, um, but if I get her favorite candies and I get her favorite, um, which are Turtles, the uh, you know the chocolate covered caramel pecan candies or whatever. Oh, she lo- she I loves was thinking those. live turtles. Yeah, she loves to eat snapping turtles. Uh, she's odd that way. No, she loves those turtles, and then um, she loves JoJo's. Um, so if you're from the uh, Akron area, she loves them from Rizzy's. They're they're the best. JoJo's. She if loves. You don't know those. what JoJo's are. They're, you're also not from the Akron area. <laughs> uh, grease soaked potato wedges. Yeah, they're not always <laughs> grease. Actually, that's probably why she likes Rizzy's the most. You don't. They're not as greasy. Yeah. They're just crispy and. Anyway, they're big old French fries. Um, and uh, she likes white hydrangeas. You know, like, so if I go do and get these things that I know she likes, but then walk in the house with a terrible attitude, throw them on the table, like, blah, 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 you know, and just like, here. And then she's like, what's your problem? I'm like, what do you mean, what's my problem? I just did all the things you like. Yeah. She's like, no, what are you, what are you talking about? And then, you know, an hour goes by and I haven't been talking to her because I did all the right things. And she's just like, what's your problem? Like, what are you talking about? I don't have a problem. You obviously have. I just did the things that you like and want me to do. What is your problem? Like, it's because my intention was to do the right things and not engage her as a person relationally. And so now, ironically, some of the things that I can do to engage her relationally or pick her up some of her favorite chocolates, grab some potato wedges that are cooked in grease, and go get some white hydrangeas, and then come home and and interact with her lovingly, ask her how her day was, sit down with her, talk with her, interact with those things, because my whole pursuit has shifted from, am I just doing these things to appease my wife and to knock off the checklist, or am I actually trying to build a relationship with this person? And it's just a, a massively different mindset that's really easy to slip in and out of. Yeah. It's really so that the deal with following Jesus is loving Lord your God through your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. So, my love for God plays out in my love for people, Mm -hmm. and my love for people is the joy that I give to God, so to say. And that is the heart of the Christian life. In fact, uh, later on in the scripture, the Bible says. When you love your neighbor as yourself, you fulfill the requirements of the law. Mm-hmm. So what we tend to do is is get uh, myopic. That's kind of the word for the day. Yeah, we did use that earlier. Third time we've used that word in a conversation today. <laughs> uh, but we get myopic, and we're like, um, what I'm going to do to prove to Jesus I love him is I'm going to quit using the F-bomb. Hmm. And then I'm going to quit yelling at my wife, and then I'm not going to be angry with the kids, and I'm not going to kick the dog. And Jesus would say, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you could let me change your heart from bitter to tender, from comparison to compassion, um, you would never have to worry about your language. You would never have to worry about your temper. 
because you're you're letting me bring about transformation so that so that your heart looks like my heart and responds like mm-hmm. my heart. So the the what's hard about that, and if you were raised, actually if you weren't raised in religious circles, I actually think you have an advantage in this mm-hmm. area. If you were raised in religious circles, you have to do a bunch of deprogramming because religion is us being told what to do and then trying to do it. Relationship with God is us being told who we are and then trying to live in that identity. Hmm. And I said a couple of weeks ago, I'll, I'll, I'll get kicked back about this for sure uh, from the internet world, but I, I said a couple of weeks ago, um, sinful, our sin is not about behavior, it's about identity. Hmm. And the, the reason that we sin, the reason that we're tempted, the reason that we're drawn in, is because we, and especially the reason why we would give into those things, is when we lose sight of who we are, who we are in Christ, not who I am as Jeff. It's not mm-hmm. discovering myself, but it's who I am in Christ. And uh, sexual immorality is beneath a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. Greed is beneath the uh, the brother, the spiritual brother of Jesus who's been adopted in the same family, has the same Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Right, and when I remember who I am, and I act in that identity, it alters my behavior. And and the key to that is love. So I've said this a lot and written about this a lot in books, but I like to say this: behavior never creates love. Love always alters behavior. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when we talk about being a Christ follower, we think about it in terms of behavioral change. That's why the will you come follow me question is such an important one because most people hear, will you uh, start behaving correctly? And that's what Jesus wants. I want to be a better Christian mm-hmm. or I need to change my ways. And Jesus, is he never asks that question. He's like, will you follow me? Do you mean mimic you? Well, sometimes, but no. I mean follow me. Will you know what I know, love what I love, and allow my heart to be uh, translated into yours? And then you will love people. And instead of wrestling with people's behavior, you will wrestle with how do I love them and how do I, how do I best help them to receive the love of Jesus? Sometimes that means... Uh, accepting them despite their behavior, and then sometimes that means uh, going out of my way to point out that their behavior is destroying them and pushing them further and further away from God. Yeah. So there's just not a... It's hard to put all that into a list or into a a box Mm -hmm. and say that's what that is. But when you decide to follow Jesus, that's actually what you're signing up for. Mm -hmm. Right? I think that... um as as you know you said it's like it's, it's not that simple but i think that's the beauty of god giving us this this relational invitation and this relational picture because well what does it mean to be best friends with so and so what does it mean to be uh the parent to them what does it mean to be the child of this person the spouse to this person like you can try to rattle off a couple of things but it's infinitely deep as simple as any of those things are you know i you know my wife likes to tease me all the time that she's a moving target 
You know, it's like, what does it mean to love Mandy? Well, what day is it? And like, I mean, it's just, it, it, it means something a little bit different all the time. I don't want a list of rules. I want her. Yeah. I don't, I, 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 I want to pursue the person because she means that much to me. Same thing with my friends. If their interests change and we end up being friends because of sports instead of uh, our love for movies or because we suddenly got deep in our spiritual walk together, like I'm going to ebb and flow in that friendship and pursue them because I love them. Yeah. And then with Jesus, the more and more I learn about him, the more and more his heart becomes my heart, the more and more he shows me, the more and more I'm going to allow myself to change to him because... Like you said, the love is transforming and changing my behavior. It's not that I was just like, well, shoot, I guess I have to do this stuff now. Like that's that's not a relationship. That's us trying too hard. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I think when you think about that relational context, I think relationships move at different speeds. Mm-hmm. So if I was listening to this podcast, I would ask myself the question – so are you saying that people can't just repent of their sins and follow Jesus like the thief on the cross did? And if you ask me that question, I would say, no, I'm not saying that at all. Um, I think that's exactly what the thief on the cross did. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what Nicodemus did. Hmm. I think he thought about it, he wrestled with it, and he decided to follow Jesus after Jesus explained to him who he was and what he was. Yeah. Um, are you saying that uh, if you accept Jesus, your life instantly changes, like the Apostle Paul? I'm like, yeah, that can happen. I don't think that's the only way that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter denied Christ three times, one of the gre- most egregious sins in the Bible. Mm-hmm. He struggled to work his salvation out with fear and trembling. So I, I th- this is what I, I fear sometimes we're in spirit in our in our interaction with Jesus, we're always looking for a formula. Mm-hmm. And and it's not what how relationships work. I think you can become super close to somebody on an airplane and a three minute flight, and I think you can feel distant from somebody you've known your whole life. Yeah. And so what what does it mean to accept Christ? Was the question. I'm like, well, it means that you be, you yield yourself to Jesus and and uh, believe what He says about you and believe what He says about Him. Does that take years? Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it does. Some some seed, some sow, some reap. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said that. Um, can that happen? Can sowing, reaping, and and uh, so uh, seeding, sowing, and reaping happen in, all in one set? I'm like, yeah, that can all happen right there. But probably what you're experiencing is some kind of reaping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why you led that person to Christ on the airplane. You, you just God had you there to to do that in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know. So I just I I think when you look for a formula, um, it, because sometimes when somebody says, uh, I don't know if I'm prepared. I don't know if I know how to share my faith with people. And I I like to say, if you know John three sixteen and understand it and your own story of why you follow Jesus, you're equipped. That's, yeah. all, that's all you need. And, and actually, I would actually probably go further than that and say, if you know why you follow Jesus, yeah. you're, you're equipped. Now, is that the end of the story? Of course not. That's no. not the end of the story. But can it be the beginning? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been, I've been doing a Bible study with my cousin for 16 years. They still haven't accepted. I'm like, yeah, keep praying, keep studying the Bible. They're still at the table. Yep. 
You know, and so it, the, these are God's responsibilities. They're not mine. Mine is to do the work of an evangelist. But until until I, I wouldn't think of you as being a follower of Jesus until there's some evidence or consequential conversation that let me know you actually decided to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Or you get into like the rich young ruler, like I believe everything and I want to follow you. And Jesus, like, Jesus of course knew what he was thinking. He's like, no, nah, you don't believe everything. Go sell all you have and give it to the poor. And he he left him. Mm-hmm. You know, all all these disciples, the the thousands that followed him until he claimed he was God, and then they left. And and then he looked at his disciples. He goes, "You're gonna you guys gonna leave too?" And they're like, "We can't because we believe." who you say you are and who you say we are. Like, we, what else are we going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for that. Sure. Um, and I think that can come quickly. Um, I think that can uh, come at different stages of life. I do think a five-year-old can make that, that decision. I think they can understand that. Sure. Do they understand all the ramifications about it? Well, of course not. I'm not even sure I understand all the ramifications. Well, of can it. you get? How old were you when you got married? Uh, I was 23. Did you understand all the ramifications of it? Not even the. Slightest. But were you completely committed to 100%. the relationship? Right. So of course, of course, we we who've done it longer look back with a different wisdom and a different weight. And mm-hmm. uh, when when you look at your daughter one day and she's like, "I want to marry this guy," you're thinking about your wisdom and your weight. Mm-hmm. She's thinking about I am making a commitment to a person. Yep. And. Um, so it plays out in all these different ways. So I, I guess I would say the tension for me is like, don't make things a formula. Don't make things a sales pitch. Um, make things a relationship. And if you said, uh, you know, Pastor Jeff, when do you feel confident in someone's salvation? I'm like, when I see them following. Mm-hmm. And when I'm leading somebody to Christ, to the degree they can understand it, I'm going to be sure to say, now we're talking about following Jesus, not getting saved. Right. Um, getting saved is a part of following Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. Um, yeah, so that's what I look for. That's awesome. Well, I hope this, uh, especially with the nuance that you brought to the table, I hope the, this double-sided coin helps our listener understand what does it mean to follow Jesus. Um, and if you're looking for more ways to engage that, we'd love to help you. If you have questions like this or any other type of topic, we'd love to interact with those. You can submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a place where you can follow Jesus with other people also following Jesus somewhere along that path with him, feel free to join us here in person or check us out online. Thank you very much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. We'll see you next time.